0: different nation, to the all-new, all-different number one comics podcast. We are here with a very, very special guest. Ladies and gentlemen, we have the comic book writer, comic book illustrator, uh, filmmaker, script writer, video game producer, everything you can possibly imagine that's done in the realm of creative entertainment. Austin McKinley has done it. So welcome, Austin. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, Dan. Nice to be here. Yeah, man. Very, very awesome to have you on. And I think that's like kind of where I want to start. I'm gonna be a little bit unconventional. I just have to like fanboy out for a second because I I've seen, you know, your name in comics before. I, I never like took a deep dive and really looked into all of the other stuff that you do. And I have to tell you, from from somebody who's look, I've never made the jump, like I write, you know, a little bit here and there, whatever, you know, probably like uh, most comic book fans do, but I've, I've never made the jump to, you know, try to get anything out there or anything like that. But, but man, um, you know, I, I've, I've written screenplays. I've tried to do like all kinds of fun stuff and you're just out there actually doing it. So that really just kicks ass. That's really, really cool. Uh, I, I, have like this huge respect for you that you're out there just doing your thing, man. And like, and, and really have your, uh, your hand in everything uh, that's that's super cool how do you stay so busy like how do you keep yourself uh, I, I don't know you go man like how how are you doing all of this?
1: uh it, it's kind of a, a natural outgrowth of just you know being sort of a very add person you know <laughs> like one of the things that draw me drew me to comics initially was just how holistic it was because you know in in comics i can tell you something and also show you and also kind of make it make a sound for you and all this sort of thing and so you know with that being my uh native tongue it was it was really easy in other contexts when I'm collaborating with other people to be like hey we want to make a movie hey we want to you know write a script for or you know content for a text based video game or or graphics for a pixel art game or what just whatever it is so it just like it makes it easy to say yes and then figure it out yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, uh, very cool. And again, like a really, really respected. Um, I just, I think that's awesome. I think that that's really cool that you, you're, you're somebody who's out there who wants to tell stories. You know, you want to get your, you know, message out there, whatever that is, and <laughs> you know, you and, can figure it out <laughs> and do it in, in various forms of media. And I think that that's really, really cool. One of the things that really kind of struck me when I was you know, taking a deep dive into the stuff that you've done with square of soda. Like I thought that that was really, really cool. Like just kind of, ai don't know if you want to explain that to the listeners or you want to tell them where that comes from. Let me say first, right off the bat, like I'm from Florida too. So we're, we're both, you know, here in Florida and, and that's cool. Uh, <laughs> I'm not trying to act like Florida, some great state, but it's cool that we, that we're both in the same place. I think that's cool.
1: Sure. Well, we, you know, we have the same sort of, uh, privilege and trauma. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, exactly.
0: Uh, but yeah, all, all politics out the door. I won't talk any of that. We don't do that here, but, uh, but yeah, um, I, I want to hear about that for, for just a second. I know that kind of takes us back. Uh, we're definitely going to get into what's coming up in the future and, and what you have coming out right now and everything. But I'd love to hear a little bit about that, how you got started with that, how that became a thing, and, and just whatever you can say.
1: Uh, so th- what you're talking about is my local comic strip that was in the the uh, New York Times affiliate that is the newspaper in my town. So it's yeah. there was a... Uh, um, you know, like a weekly, they, they were doing like a, a, a weekly ticket section that was like an alt weekly sort of deal. And they wanted a local cartoon in there. Um, you know, and the editor went to the same comic book shop that I did because there was one and, uh, you know, uh, the, the guy who owned it, I was friends with, and they, um, put me in touch with that. So I pitched him a few different things. And, uh, the name of the town is Sarasota. Uh, the comic book or the comic strip is in square panels. <laughs> uh, Sarasota is also a very square town. <laughs> That's square soda. Yep. Um, so so yeah, it was a. It ran for seven years. I did it uh, every week. I um, started out in black and white. I eventually got them to let me use color, and <laughs> and then I got a little bit more real estate on the page. Um, so it evolved over the years, but it, it was a fun, a fun gig. It was really interesting to, um, it was the most timely thing that I ever get to do. A lot of these projects are, are long form. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like even with, uh, with Riot Force, I'm working probably a year at least ahead of the publication schedule, um. So for something like the Daily Comic to get to say, okay, what's going on this week? You know, what What's uh, what's worth talking about right now and have it come out within days? Um, that was really fun. I always enjoyed that part of it.
0: Yeah, it's got to be fun to be able to work on something very topical like that. Mm-hmm. There's obviously a lot of constraints to it, I'm sure, but it's, it's got to be, I don't know, somewhat rewarding to, to be able to get that out and have it be in the current zeitgeist and everything and something right. that people are talking about. And I did. Uh, this is a, a really cool, you know, I was only able to, in the short amount of time that, you know, I discovered it and then looked it up on, on Google and everything. Uh, I was only able to find, you know, a few pieces here or there, but they were great. It's a lot of fun. Um, and I'm really actually seeing a lot of love for it. If you look up anything uh, where, where people can comment on it or anything, just you have people in your in your hometown who are just in love with it and they just really were like this is such a cool thing i love it it brings back so many cool memories and i remember reading this and blah 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 so just oh. really cool that you're able to impact your your city and or, or town or whatever you call it but yeah like that uh yeah it was always kind of surreal when
1: i would like go into a place like you know vac- backstage at the performing arts center and the union guys have have posted one of my cartoons for you know some topic that that we were talking about or like you know the, the donut shop had it in there one time and all this kind of stuff. So yeah, that was really fun to, there was sort of a, an interaction. I could see the things that, that resonated with people. So that was fun.
0: Yeah. It's gotta be one of those things. You don't really realize how something like a newspaper impacts so many people or, or, right. you know, a, a widespread magazine or something like that, especially whenever we're looking into things that are, you know, very centralized, like comic books, you know, comic books are, Pretty much only you going to attract comic book readers, uh, right. newspaper, you know. Uh, yeah, of People, <laughs> yeah. There's a, a lot more people out there for that. So yeah, uh, that's that's really cool. I'm I'm going to go into this next question and look. I was going to leave this one out. I did ask my last guest this question, so I was like, you know what, let me let me take it off my list here. But I, I saw it referenced in in the uh, preview that I saw for Riot Force, so I have to throw it in there. Very important, super topical question right now. Barbie or
1: Oppenheimer? Which one are you going with? Who wins the Oscar? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I haven't seen Oppenheimer yet, uh-huh. but I, I saw Barbie and it was amazing. I was so uh, surprised and, and amazed at, at how how deep it was and, and uh, how much ground it covered. Um, you know, so... so I don't know. I, I can't speak to Oscars, you know, that, that it's such a, you know, political thing anyway, uh, just within um, the Academy. But uh, but it's it's an amazing film.
0: Yeah, that's so cool to hear. My last guest said the same exact thing. I mean, you're pretty much taking the words out of his mouth. And I haven't published that episode yet, so I know you're not actually taking the words out of his mouth. But yeah, same thing there. He hadn't seen Oppen- sorry, Oppenheimer yet, and he was just like, man, Barbie movie, just so good. Go out and see it. So sure. that's that's super cool. Let's talk about Riot Force then. How did Riot Force come about? Uh, Where did the idea come from? How did you get this thing going? Of course, it's being – published by SourcePoint Press, which is very, very cool. I'd also love to hear about that. I know you've already done a little bit of work with them uh, through
1: through other means. I think you yeah. were illustrating a book. Um, with we did, uh, I think the first stuff of mine that they published was in uh, the Tony Schiavone story, Butts and Seats. Okay. Um and that's just sort of the way it worked out at that point. I had already completed the the graphic novel that they published earlier this year. It was just, you know, different in the publication schedule. Sure. Um, but, but we did tales of mystery volume five earlier this year. I, I drew that for Dirk Manning. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how I came to, to source point is through him. So it's his projects that I've worked on and they're, um, they're reprinting a bunch of stuff that I worked on. So his nightmare world omnibus, mm-hmm. um, got a lot of pages in that. And, and, um, we also did just in stores any day now, Blaze, Ya dead homie, uh, with Magic Ninja <laughs> Entertainment. Uh, you yeah, know. Man, I was,
0: I was totally, I had that on the the back end. I was like, we got to talk about this, but yeah, go ahead, please.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's 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 such a fun project, you know. Blaze yeah. is, is uh, in real life, he is a rapper, um, yeah. you know, and and and. If you're not familiar with the Mulu or, or any listeners are not familiar with the Malu, they the, they have kind of a character, um, yes. and that's part of his act. And so uh, his act is he's a reanimated zombie gangster,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and uh, and so we did this comic book of the character Blaze, who is uh, no spoilers, uh, reanimated, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, and you know takes his gangster revenge. Um, so that, that was that was an interesting uh, project, and that's a one shot. It's in stores any any day now.
0: Yeah, I think I think I remember seeing the the street date for that as the twenty eighth of July. I, I can't remember. So yeah, there like was that.
1: a snafu with the with the printer, so it's been rolled back. Okay, like delayed a week or something. Okay. Yeah, understood. But, uh, yeah, we're we're anxiously anticipating it hitting shelves any time now.
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah. So everybody can be looking for that definitely you know check out your local comic book shops and see if anybody has that on the shelf yeah uh, very cool now is uh, i'm going to go back to Riot force of course but mm-hmm. is i'm i'm a little unfamiliar i mean i'm pretty familiar with like uh music and and what's going on there but mm-hmm. this is like insane clown posse adjacent correct like correct. it's in that like universe okay
1: yeah yeah <laughs> yeah there's uh so twisted was a band that was um, uh sort of in that ecosystem and they are on their own label now, but Blaze is part of their label. Um, So yeah, they're, they're all part of that, uh, culture. And, and I got to go to their show Astronomicon (laughs) earlier this year and such cool people. So laid back, so fun. Um, it's a really great time, but, but it really, it helped inform, my drawing, that was the most, uh, helpful thing, you know, like, cause I can watch videos and I can see photos and stuff like this. But when you see, a, certainly a performer like that yep. in real life, that, uh, that helps a lot, um, in terms of what kind of energy I'm going to give the drawing.
0: Yeah, definitely different to get that. Yeah. Right, right in front of your face versus, you know, capturing mm-hmm. somewhere else. So, so very cool. And I think for other people, you know, for, for the audience listening, uh, twisted from what i remember uh is they've been involved in comics before there's uh, something i think it was like haunted
1: hyons haunted yeah so that's yeah, that's sure. what is is kind of a it's it's in that universe the haunted okay. hyons universe that's written by my friend dirk manning um, oh, okay. and yeah they've, they've done uh two volumes of that series now uh the first one was nominated for a ringo award Oh, very cool! Yeah,
0: very very awesome. Well, well, yeah, it's, it's cool that you're doing that. I'm very excited to pick that up. So, yeah, everybody, make sure you're on the lookout for that, uh, so you can check out some more of Austin's work. Um, but yeah, let's let's talk some more about Riot Force. Like I said before, how did where Riot Force come from? Is that something you'd been sitting on for a while that you that you finally got to get out, or is for that the something?
1: longest time really? <laughs> uh, Riot Force is is a modern reimagining of the first comic I created when I was nine years old, when I first wow. discovered comics, I <laughs> okay. went to a cartooning class and, and, you know, we had to create something. So, mm-hmm. so I did, you know, a four page thing that was, you know, a pastiche of what I was watching at the time, you know? Um, and it's been something that has always lived with me in one form or another. Uh, um, when I was a kid, I didn't have the the attention span to finish Uh, anything longer than a four page comic. But uh, once I got into middle school and early high school, I would uh, do whole issues and uh, print them up and sell them to my friends. And that is very much the precursor to Riot Force. A lot of the stuff that it draws on is part of that initial story, that first love affair with comics. Um, It's, it's been a part of my, uh, my psychological world for all that time. Um, but I, I wrote the script that is a treatment uh, of that story. Um, that That's what Riot Force is based on. I wrote that about uh, seven years ago. Um, <laughs> yeah. And and I've been drawing. I, I decided that was the project I needed to do, you know, like after we finished the graphic novel with SourcePoint and I pitched them this, um, you know, I, I went into full-time production on it, and I've been drawing it for about two years.
0: Man, and look, I have to say right off the bat, for anybody who hasn't been able to check out any preview pages yet, or anything like that, of course, you'll you'll probably see, you know, an ad for it in previews or something, but this is, you know, it's, it's action comedy, so I mean, uh, you know, know that going in, but <laughs> like, like with anything that Austin's doing and, and like I'm sitting here describing you know with Austin's uh you know short films with with Austin's uh you know with Riot Force here with like you're getting a lot of heart into everything Austin's doing like it's it's personal like like Austin is saying this is something that has you know it basically comes from his first project for yeah. the most part so yeah it might seem if, if you get turned off by, like, comedy stuff or anything like that, like, don't. This has, like, actual a lot of personality. It has a lot of heart to it. Uh, it's, it's very personal to Austin. It's, I don't know, just really cool stuff. And like I'm saying, I'm trying to sit here and reiterate to you guys, uh, Square Soda, the, the reviews and stuff that I'm hearing from people online, it's just people love this stuff. Uh, just, just really cool. So I'm, I'm really – I don't know. I'm, I'm almost like, you know, sitting here fanboying out, just talking to you. Cause it's really cool. You have like, you're doing personal stuff. You're, you're doing some great work and putting it out there into the ether and everything. And I'm really seeing some really good responses from it and, and everything that I've looked at so far is just really, really cool stuff. Uh, I want to talk about the process a little bit then obviously you're writing and illustrating on this. So, yeah. so this is all you, uh, your, your illustration is man. It's top notch. I, I, I'm very impressed by it. It's very cartoony and then very polished at the same time, but I'm, I'm talking like polished. This is some really, really nice looking stuff. Some really professional looking work out there. But I, I talked to Tyler Crook a little bit ago who was working on, you know, he's working on the second volume of Lonesome Hunters now, or that's, that's coming out now. Right. Uh, Tyler Crook, of course, scripting all of that, you know, writing everything, scripting it, and then illustrating it as well and everything. I liked, you know, hearing about his process of doing that kind of by himself and and whatever. I'd love to hear your process. How does that go for you? You know, writing this (laughs) out and then illustrating and everything, how are you doing it? Are you going back and forth? I'll shut up now with the questions and just kind of let you talk, but yeah, I'd love to hear about it.
1: Uh, In the case of this, it's, it's a, it's a project sort of unlike any other, because when I, I wrote it first as like a feature screenplay treatment just because that's a a scale of narrative that I'm comfortable with. And it it gave me enough space to do all the things that I wanted to do with this story. Um, But, uh, you know, I was taking scenes that I initially conceived as a child and, you know, recontextualizing them into a new story and trying to sort of make them work so so it was a little different than than just writing a straight script in that way because um there was there was a lot of uh hodgepodging it story ideas together and saying oh well okay if i do this sort of thing it'll it'll work and then i can use that bit that i love you know that is just so hilarious you know in the original um so so that's a little different that but uh that initial writing of the script, I'm so far removed from it now. It's almost as if I'm working with another writer Um, because the world has changed radically since 2015 and there's just a lot of, uh, you know, and I have changed personally. And so, you know, by the time you get around to illustrating this stuff, you're not the same person. And so uh, you have to re-engage with the material and and essentially uh, uh, interpret it um, as, as I would, if I were working with another writer and, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm kind of Marvel methoding myself in some ways, you know, I'm just saying, okay, this is the script, but I'm going to lay out the page and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to let everything be sort of subservient to that. Um, and, uh, so that's, that's sort of the process is, you know, I've broken it down into, uh, scripts that are more or less, an issue's worth of story. And, uh, and then I just take that as a guidepost and draw it um, in whatever way makes sense at that point. Does that that sort of answer your question? (laughs) No, it definitely does. I I just, again, I love hearing about the
0: process of, of making comics. A lot of our listeners, you know, a a good portion of our audience, of course, you know, comics is a a medium that uh, is very, I, I don't know. Uh, a, a lot of people that are into it are also aspiring creators. There's, sure. there's a good amount of those. So a lot of our audience, you know, really loves to hear because, you know, unfortunately they don't get a chance to to talk to you guys very often. Right. Uh, you can only go to so many conventions, and, and you guys are you know so pressed for time at those conventions and everything. So you know, one of the number one questions that I get is is, hey, I want to put out a comic. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do I do it? You know, and and it's such a a simple question, but you know, there's such a big answer to that. Of course, there's no one size fits all to, to doing it. It's almost like anything else. You know, either you're the creator of something uh, you almost have to go out there and do it yourself for a while and market yourself and everything until somebody else for takes sure. notice. Uh, a lot of people forget about that kind of thing. You were talking about, you know, being a kid and, and making comics and printing them yourselves and selling them to friends I mean, I remember just doing the same thing when I was seven or eight or whatever. And, you know, I was, uh, my cousin's playing a guitar and, and I'm banging on the floor and, and singing and we recorded it and made cassette tapes and walked around right. and sold them door to door. You know, that's just, that, that's how we got out there and, and made music right. or whatever. But, uh, but yeah, it, it's that kind of thing. Um, it's very, I, I don't know exactly how to word it, but it, it's, you kind of have to market yourself. You have to get yourself out there. And, and again, there's no, Real one size fits all, but this is a, a question that a lot of our audience has. Uh, yeah. How do you how do you break in? How do you? And and again, a lot of it's stripped back. You know, from the basics, of uh, things that you know probably a lot of you guys uh, don't really have to worry about anymore. But but how do you get started? How do you, you know, go from having an idea in, in your head to, all right, I'm going to begin scripting this. I'm going to begin formatting it. I'm going to begin. Right injecting dialogue into word balloons, you know, all of those things. So, so yeah, you you definitely answered the question. I just,
1: (laughs) I'm a, I'm a huge proponent of concept to completion. I think that, that at any stage, you know, small goals is good. You know, whether it's just a few panels or whatever else, you know, start increasing the amount of story that you want to tell to the point that you're comfortable with doing it, but, but always getting it in front of people. You know, I think like you haven't really, uh done everything that is your responsibility r- responsibility as an artist until you've shown your work to people and see what they see in it you know cuz there's what you intend to say and there's what other people get from you and until you have that sense of this is how my work is coming across and do I want to adjust how I'm doing it or do I want to double down on it? You know, like, like whatever it is, you decide, you make a, a knowledgeable decision. If you were taking your stuff to completion and getting it in front of people at whatever stage you are.
0: Yeah. And, and yeah. And that makes perfect sense. I want to ask then, you know, Riot Force is, is a four part. I think I'm correct on that. <laughs> <laughs> it's being <I'm> published. Very.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, the, we are initially planning a three-issue mini series in print, as far as I know. <laughs> um, when it when it said one of four, that was a surprise to me, and I wasn't sure whether it means that you know, okay, maybe volume one is issues one to four. I've got them; that's fine. It doesn't, you know, we can go to four, or maybe I, I have a issue zero that's a promotional thing, and I can give you a link for that. Um, and it kind of is the sort of uh, Bond style big action opener to the story that, that sets up the characters a little bit and, and uh, gives you some context for the world that they're in. Um, and it's a full length issue. So, uh, so even if we only print, uh, issues one to three, there's also four that's in the first volume. So maybe that's where it's coming from.
0: Um, uh, well very cool look, I love zero issues. Those are those are <laughs> zero issues are always zeros, yeah, minus ones, all of those. I, I, I love all that stuff. So so that's super cool. My, I guess my question was, you know, with with it being either a, a four part or a three part, um,
1: <laughs> however yeah. many parts it may be. Yes, yes.
0: <laughs> however long this goes, I mean, who knows, man? You might get the first issue out there, and they're like, "Look, we we have to have an ongoing. Um, you're going to the thirty issues. I hope you're." Hope I would you're love to have it. that problem. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you never know. So, um, yeah, I, I think you'll have a good response from this. the The illustration is so wonderful. Uh, like I said, I can't I, I can't talk enough about how how great it looks and. And again, just having those previews, I don't know the entire story, but from what I'm reading so far, it's really cool. Um, what's next in the pipeline? Uh, you know, and the reason that I ask this right now is, is you're heavily involved in comics, and you're heavily involved in a lot of other things as well. So, is next up a comic? Have you thought about what's next up yet? Um, is, is next up like a short film? Is next up a video game? What, what you got going on next?
1: Yeah, it's it's always it's always a lot of irons in the fire you know mm-hmm. like it, it's always i'm doing this and three other things and yeah. how they how they land and when they come out is you know sometimes under my control and sometimes not yeah, but sure. i do have a a one-shot story that i'm doing with dirk manning for his uh love stories to die for mm-hmm. um it's a great very emotional story that i'm uh drawing at the same time that i'm drawing right force and so that that's an interesting bit of uh <laughs> conceptual whiplash that i'm that i'm doing with those but i'm having a good time with it uh it's a different kind of story than i normally draw and so it's it, uh it's challenging me and then uh um they've also announced uh that they're doing a uh video game for good boy source point presses uh john wick but it's the dog avenging his master oh, yeah, uh I remember that property um so so we uh we did a, a video game for Mr. Reeve for the Kickstarter, a, a sort of a simple one screen uh, arcade style um, beat em up kind of game. And so uh, with the good boy game, we' we're, we're uh, I'm collaborating with the same game developer and we're we're really taking it to the next level. This is gonna be just an incredibly ridiculous uh, uh, cartoon gore. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty nuts. Um, we have a lot of uh, we have a really good time working on that, and that is uh, within the next uh, month. You'll be hearing more about that.
0: Wow, that sounds super cool! I, I can just imagine the response for that is going to be great. I remember, I, I remember Good Boy well, and and I remember the reception of that really well. So, so yeah, I think that'll be very, very cool. What exactly is your role in that uh, video game
1: process? There, like, what, what are you doing? Uh, so I'm I'm co-developing code and in the sort of lead pixel artist so I'm I'm uh, creating the characters I, I, we're doing a, a kind of workflow that that doesn't involve me animating them as much um, but I'm sort of building them in such a way that they can be animated programmatically if that makes sense yeah uh, So I'm doing some of that uh, you know doing some of the stage design all that kind of thing it's it's uh i'm working with another uh a guy who's doing the programming but he is also an artist so we are uh, uh bouncing off of and elevating each other uh when it comes to stage design and and the pixel art and then um he has the lonely duty of making it actually work in code <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah man that's that sounds so cool. I, I really can't wait for that. That sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, I'll definitely be looking forward to that as well. I have to ask this question. This is uh, again coming from somebody who you know is very musical in life. I don't know if you are or not, but uh, a lot of our our listeners also want to know. <laughs> there you go. Um, a lot of our listeners want to know how are creators you know working. Uh, are you? Is there? like a soundtrack going on? Uh, a lot of people listen to music, you know, whenever they're doing housework or whatever, working at a desk. Um, yeah. well, is there something that you listen to? Does it differ from project to project? Uh, is there things that you go to? Uh, again, mm-hmm. i almost <laughs> uh,
1: Well, certainly for Riot Force, uh, music has been a big part of that. I definitely mm-hmm. listen to that to, to sort of capture the mood and it's, you know, some kind of conspiration-y stuff, from my youth and some newer, you know, synthwave or, or techno stuff that is, uh, you know, that gets me in the vibe of the scene. And I, I just have like a, you know, massive playlist that I put on at, at varying stages. It's, it's this rolling, evolving thing where, you know, you just like go back 50. I, I'm starting it there, you know, these days. <laughs> but sometimes yeah. I start it from the beginning. <laughs>
0: Yeah, cool. I one of the things that I'm seeing a lot in comics, especially with indie comics and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and, and then even some of the obviously death metal that happened over at DC and everything. A lot of creators are kind of like putting in soundtracks. Uh, sometimes they're putting in like QR codes, or they're saying, you know, the character was you know listening to this in in this particular yeah. scene or whatever. Uh, so mm-hmm. so yeah, it's, it's very interesting to see lately that music is playing a big part in this process of creating so i just think that's really cool very interesting to hear always very interesting to hear what, what people say they're listening to because it's so all over the place but uh you know art inspires art a lot of times so yeah sure. very, very cool stuff how about san diego comic con did anything at look i don't know if you attended san diego comic con or not i did not but, <laughs> um I, I i can't make it all the way out to san diego right now but was there any news or anything? This this year was like so stripped back. It was like back to basics. It was a comic book convention again. Because, yeah. you know, obviously the writer's strike and everything. There's not yeah. as much TV and movie news as, as there normally is. What it's really kind of evolved into. So there was a lot of comic book news. And of course there were some cool trailers and stuff that came out in announcements as well. But was there anything this year that happened that kind of blew
1: you away? Um. I'm I'm terrible about following news sometimes I get, you know, in my tunnel of getting things done. And so, so yeah, there hasn't been anything, you know, other than the the like, AI snafu that wasn't and all that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff. Like, like, that's, that's the only thing that that has risen to the level of, maybe I should pay attention to that. (laughs) I'm, I'm, I'm bad about keeping up with stuff.
0: Well, look. I mean, I don't think anybody could follow you for that. Like I said, you have, and, and like you said, you've got a million projects on your plate at one time. I mean, I imagine you're in your world, like, uh, which is which is awesome. You know, which is uh, us as an audience, you know, and, and comic book readers and everything, uh, media consumers. You know, where we want you to be so we can continue to consume all of that. We don't need you getting sidetracked with like a I don't know Paul news or whatever whatever's going on so yeah uh very cool but yeah there was there was obviously some interesting stuff there's a lot of uh like i said comic book related stuff uh a lot of you know just kind of smaller announcements smaller scale we're getting a new punisher over at marvel who's not frank castle uh sorry rob liefeld's back and he's uh, creating a new x-men team with uh with the five original X-Men and it's just, oh, wow. yeah, there's, there's cool stuff happening. So yeah, just wondering if anything out there blew you away. Of course we had, uh, Kamala Khan, uh, Ms. Marvel who, who was killed in the issue of amazing Spider-Man and, and mm-hmm. they've been resurrected at the hellfire gala uh, there with the X-Men and everything. So yeah, there's just a, a lot of crazy stuff happening right now, which, you know, brings me to my next question. Again, I don't know how much of like a Marvel guy you are, if you're big into X-Men or not. I obviously am, but that's beside the point. The 2023 Hellfire Gala just happened, and every year at the Hellfire Gala, they introduce a new X-Men team. So mm-hmm. I've got to know if if you landed a job at Marvel tomorrow and they wanted you to uh, put out an X book and, and they were like, you got free reign. You can introduce any characters you want into this X-Men team. Like who's your dream x if you have one?
1: Oh, wow. I mean, <laughs> I I grew up reading uh, X Factor when uh, Walter and Louise Simonson were were working on it. And <laughs> yeah, so those both are the, the, the characters in the era that, that speak the most to me. And obviously I was, I continue to read it through like the Jim Lee, Chris Claremont, you know, era. Um, But, uh, but yeah, that's, that's sort of where that, that is still magical to me. Um, The, the funny thing about uh, actually working with this stuff is that it is hard to keep up with, with all the different uh, storylines, you know, so like I haven't sadly read x-men in a long time I I I have a lot of love for what i did read when i was that age you know so that's that's
0: yeah if if nothing else x-men and and batman impossible to keep up with unless you're just you know like a a super fan or whatever so there's there's always the
1: beauty of serial storytelling is that everybody has sort of an era that they discovered it and then there there's these sort of other iterations like peeling back an onion that you can you know, oh well, what are they talking about now? I guess I gotta go find <laughs> issue 183 and and yep. figure out what they're talking about. And and so yeah, I, that's that's one of the things that I love about comic books is that you know these long running books have this massive history that you can uh, delve into and and discover.
0: Yeah, definitely. Okay, well, next question is, you know, some of your inspirations. Uh, again, I know that. I I don't know, you know, really where you started, if you started in illustrating and then like slowly found your way into writing or, or whatever, vice versa, or they kind of came together or or whatnot, but who are some of your biggest influences? I know this is a super generic question, but uh, it's one that, you know, everybody wants to hear, you know, the second that they, they see a a book written or illustrated by somebody, you know, they wonder
1: who, who were some of the influences here. So, I've got well certainly in addition to uh x factor because that you know and and the jim lee chris claremont stuff that that blew my mind as a as a young kid some other early touchstones were like frank miller's ronin mm-hmm. um in in the sense that it tells this whole you know complete story in in this graphic novel format even though it was serialized you know it's just a nice size of a story mm-hmm. um and, and very impactful. And so, you know, that was obviously something that inspired me. Uh, Jeff Smith's bone is a huge influence. I love, I love that whole narrative. And, uh, uh, there was one in the nineties that I was a huge fan of, uh, Xander Cannon's replacement God. Um, okay. that was another, just, just a really great indie book. Um, a lot of amazing stuff that you can only do in comics, you know, mm-hmm. like it, it's, to me, uh, when comics is best is when it's synergistic between the art and the writing. You know, whether it's a team or a single cartoonist, that ability to to have something happen that that feels so immediate um, and visceral. You, you know, I think for the same reason that uh, you know movies have the same kind of visceral power, where because you can see somebody responding, you can that there's a direct line. For the emotional subtext, and comics are that way too. That when you see something happening, it, you, it has that immediate impact of "oh, that happened right yeah. now." You know, and, and you're a little bit more in control of the pacing of it as the reader, and and you have to imagine uh, some of the the tone, but um, it has that immediacy. And so, those are all books that that had that impact on me that when I put them down, you know, finished reading, it was just like, wow, that's, that's amazing. That's the kind of story that I want to tell.
0: Yeah. I mean that. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> I, I love that answer. Uh, I, I want you to, to just go ahead and tell our, our listening audience, you know, where they can, Pre-order where they can find, of, of course, I'll go ahead and say, you know, hit your local comic book shop up, let them know, you know, before FOC goes up to make sure that they have Riot Force, you know, added to your pool list, all three or four, or 25 or however many issues are coming out. But at the very least, that first one, because you're absolutely going to want to check it out. The 100% is very, very cool. Um, but let everybody know where they can find you. Let, let them know where they can find this book. Just let us know what's going on. And of course, all of these will be in the show notes. You'll be able to find links everywhere, but please out of your own mind.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's the best thing is right now to get it from the the local comic book store. You know, obviously there are online retailers that will ship it to you. Um, but certainly in terms of, of grassroots getting the word out, uh, nothing helps like walking into a store and saying, order me this. Yep. It's coming out and I want it. Um, that that does us the most good and and it does the retailers the most good um as far as finding me uh you can find me at riotforcecomic.com and austin yeah
0: and definitely check out austin like i said i mean you're you're gonna want a, a visual to go along with the audio here anyway so make sure you check him out you can plug his name into google into anywhere uh and and i mean austin's not pushing it anymore and i completely understand but go check out square soda it's so cool it's actually really it actually blew my mind how cool it was i i, I was really uh, intrigued by this so i'm gonna be checking it out but yeah m- make sure you check that out go check out i don't know austin's got some stuff up on youtube as well some short films and some demo reels and all kind of stuff so austin is everywhere make sure you check them out Just some really cool stuff out there i know uh Riot Force is definitely on my pool list, so it better be on your guys's too. But yes, please make sure you check that out. And again, can you do you remember the, the release date for that? I believe it's November November 29th. Okay,
1: 29th. I was about to say eighth. So and uh, and then yeah, the the final cutoff is uh, a month before that, but it's uh you know, sooner is better than later um in terms of those initial pre-orders. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Uh, call, email, walk into your local comic book shop, do it, send a Harry Potter bird, whatever you got to do to make sure that you uh, let them know as soon as possible that you want Riot Force added to your pool list because you will not be disappointed in the slightest. But Austin, I don't want to take any more of your time today. I want to thank you so much for joining us. It's been awesome talking to you. And awesome to hear that you're down in Sarasota. I I don't know. I might have to go to a convention out there and meet you one day or something. But, yeah, man, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to talk to us. And we greatly appreciate it. It's
1: great to be here, man. Thanks for having me.
0: Welcome back, all new, all different nation, to the all new, all different number one comics podcast. We have a very, very special guest on the episode today, Jake Palermo. I believe I'm saying that right. I could I could have messed it up again after my uh, couple of minutes of training there that we did off-air. But, uh, Jake, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, Jake is writing or or sorry has written a comic book for sex comics and that's that's uh C E X for all of you pervs out there. So yeah, uh, comics experience publishing. Um called The Wire Fence. It's a one-shot and it comes out October twenty-fifth. I think I'm right there. Um and that'll be in your local comic book shops, but definitely, definitely make sure that you guys pre-order this with your local comic book shops, get it on your pool list. You're absolutely going to want to check it out, and you're going to want to go to uh, the Sex Comics uh, website to check out the little preview on that. But yeah, welcome in, Jake. Thank you so much for joining us today.
2: Thanks, and could you tell them that the FOC is next Sunday? Yes, absolutely. FOC next Sunday. Make sure you guys get on that. Absolutely
0: get that on your pools. Let your local comic book shops know that you want that in stock. Uh, I know that my local comic book shop always orders pretty heavy on the sex uh, comics, so those are usually in shops, so I usually don't have to worry about it, but I'm letting my uh, LCS know for sure that I need that in my pool. So yeah, everybody, make sure you guys go out and do that, and you're going to want to anyways. The second that you go check out that preview on uh, the Sex Comics website, it's, it's amazing. It's really cool stuff. Ends on such a cool little cliffhanger there, and I just want to know so much more about it, so I can't wait for October 25th. But, yes, make sure you guys order that before the FOC, which is Sunday, uh, next coming Sunday. So, right up top, a, a very important topical question for you, Jake. Oppenheimer or Barbie right now? Which which one are you going with? Have you seen either
2: one of them? Haven't, haven't had the time. I, I <laughs> I'm, I will... But I do hope Barbie at least wins awards in the costume department because if it doesn't, with all that pink that I go going <laughs> for, well, that's just a waste of money. Oh yeah, it's it's like a cult. I hear. I mean, I haven't seen either one yet either,
0: but you know, people are definitely showing up to the theaters in full cosplay. Everybody's wearing pink. the The crowds are just pink. It's awesome. You know what everybody's going to see the second that they walk in. So very, very cool stuff. I think. uh, Oppenheimer right now, I don't know, man. Scares me a little bit. I don't want to hear anything about bombs right this
2: second, so well, I think that was the point, you know, because yeah. bombs aren't supposed to be scary. I mean it scared Oppenheimer himself. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely a little jarring, especially for uh, today's world. But yeah, um, that's that's awesome. Two for Barbie, you got me and Jake, so thank God for that. <laughs> Jake, I know you said you're in Pennsylvania. Um, I wanted to know. If the Hollywood uh, writer strike is affecting you at all, if it's affecting any of your work, any of your output as far as writing comics or anything else that you might be writing,
2: trust me, if the the writer's, the Hollywood writer's strike is not affecting me in the in the latest, I, I can do that myself. So <laughs> I can slow myself down, but without people paying me to do it.
0: Yes, well, completely understood. Yeah, it's it's very. Very easy to get distracted, <laughs> hard, to, hard to stay motivated, especially in in the uh, you know industry that that you guys are working in and all of that. Um, I'd like to know how the deal with with sex comics came about. How, um, as far as I know, and you can give me the backstory, of course, but it doesn't look like you've had any published material before this. Looks like this is your first foray into comics, is as far as I can tell. Um, a lot of creators, uh, and and again, correct me if I'm wrong. You, you might have some stuff out there that I just don't know about. But uh, a lot of creators, you know, kind of cut their teeth on like Kickstarter and stuff like that. And and looks like you didn't have to go that route, which is freaking awesome. Uh, really cool that you're able to get in with a publisher. But how
2: did the deal come about? Uh, what's your experience before this? All that. Well, I did try and get published comics before in anthologies before, including this one called, uh, Octal. I tried my best to at least get, get a title out. It wasn't, not the wire fence, a different one, but we tried, tried my best, got along with the artist. I, I meant, I even, I paid to do for, her. she was, it was pretty nice, but, but yeah, some things didn't work out. I was a bit too much, some, most of the time, it came down to timing, and the fact that it just, that the, uh, and the magazines, as well as the anthologies, I came about just couldn't sustain themselves, and because I really just, I really needed to improve my my writing style, and, and sometimes I, and I found a service that that could help out with that. Crit, crit, crit comic experience, the comics experience service. So, mm-hmm. so I get, so after I went through went through one of the lectures, I I submitted a. I submitted a, some st- what if, what became the wire what became the wire fenced material into a first start off as just a sm- simple eight pages, but it but then it became that the full one shot.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Got enough people to, to tell me the hard lessons not not just with how editors would be not just to listen to your editors when they're really invested in this, but also get a layman to at least. T- Please to tell them, wh- tell them what's going. Tell you what's what they don't understand and what not, cause that's something that I found a a lot of creative creative struggled with. Mm-hmm. Sure, they know how it goes, but and sometimes their fans and even their editors will know. But but sometimes you just need somebody casual, somebody who's outside of it to to ask what. Okay, what's happening? I don't understand. You want more, people. You want more besides the target audience, right? So, get on. So, and, and you made us halfway there. So, yeah. That, oh, yeah. My, yeah. I was really focusing on just trying to get something from my portfolio to to go out into, to go into comics as well as my writing in general. So, I tried my, there was a lot of stuff that went into it, but, well, i found a lot of thing. a lot of, obstacles, including the including stuff that well like sometimes I'm just no, sometimes I just slow down and as you can see from the stammering I've got a few things that help me back a couple of times. You know, neurodivergence and whatnot. So oh, oh as soon as I found Oncoming's experience will actually get the skills as well as the experience needed to to find out what the whole thing's like, I feel like I can end up out with a greater understanding and a, a greater amount of respect for for everybody involved, but also to make sure that you can never get complacent or and to never neglect the casuals or even just the people who who want something different who want something different. So I think that's why I want what some of the ideas I have. That for an anti-Western. Now, mm-hmm. which what what started off? Which brings us to the wire fences itself. It was I got the idea because I because I heard that rather than the sit rather than the revolver, it was the it was the barbed wire fences that helped that helped that helped end the frontier period of the of the Wild West. It was. Mm-hmm. But I also heard a lot of the other stuff like how like land like how land ownership affected certain certain parts, the how how it disrupted bison herds, how and of course all the and pretty much all the other stuff that, that people don't like to talk about the old west, but, but as for. Don't get me wrong, I know that he appeals to the old West going, going out into, going out into the free lands, but where you don't have to deal with, with so many pe- people's r- stuff off shirts. I think that's what, what this whole thing was about. Not, not the tropes that we, about the nostalgia to around a time we, that was romanticized, but, but what made, us want to romanticize it in the first place not not something to make it simple but something that was just outside of it all
0: yeah and it's very cool it's you know so far what i've read at least that that preview that's up on sex comics is is a very cool intriguing unique story and like i said it just it leaves you absolutely wanting more, which, you know, is, is great for a preview. Uh, you know, definitely uh, makes you want to order the book. You've got the stranger coming to town. You've got, like, where it just seems like he has, like, this uncanny control over the barbed wire. And just you're introduced to the barbed wire and how our, uh, our character in the book. Does, does the character, the, the young uh, person who finds the barbed wire coming up from the floor, does that character have a name in the book, or I, I don't see one in the preview?
2: Oh, he, oh, he's a def, definitely a big part of it. He, uh-huh. The kid's name is Devin, and he's actually the storyteller. Okay. Oh, okay. Of the whole yeah. thing, he tells it when, when he's older. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I,
0: I really love that character. I, I love the character design, of course. Um, but yeah,
2: I, I'm, I'm uh, obviously you can you thank Raquel for, for Devin's design.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm the only character. I, Characters I put any any big swings into were probably the stranger as well as the stranger's opponent. Mm-hmm. Just to admit, just to show the compare and contrasting between them. Yeah, yeah. Raquel really wanted went out to, to present the those the other characters as as such. Although although there was there was a couple of back and forth bits that had to be ad- that had to be addressed a couple of times wasn't easy considering, considering sometimes the emails I sent between, between our people through through creative, through comics experience got lost. Don't know why, but it just did.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I imagine uh, corresponding with somebody uh, working online with, you know, a writer to artist uh, has to be an interesting experience. Um, and, and then as you said, uh, you guys were most of the time met through like a third party who would translate a lot of things. As we uh, are assuming that uh, Raquel is like Spanish speaking or non uh, non English speaking. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm glad you brought up Ra- Raquel. Uh, and and again, horrible with names here, so I won't even come close. But uh, I'll go with Cusiak uh, Raquel Cusiak, amazing artist. I was. Was Raquel somebody that you seeked out? Was Raquel somebody you were teamed up with through Comics
2: Experience? Well, actually, what? Actually, I did find her through Comics Experience, but um, she was one of three choices with two other artists. But I went with hers because she is her art was the less, least 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 pinup like. Mm-hmm. I got nothing against people who make make pinups, but I needed something that didn't just that didn't just make make because if i wanted people to make figures i well honestly that honestly not much to it need mm-hmm. something that make characters feel alive not just make poses and whatnot
0: yep yeah and and that is some outstanding artwork it really fits the tone really well i think that it really encapsulates what you're describing on the page there uh it's, it's a great team up. I think that, you know, just in the few preview pages that I've seen, it's it's a really wonderful team up, a really good dynamic. And again, for anybody who's just tuning in or anybody who didn't, you know, retain the first uh, part of this, you can go to the Comics Experience webpage right now, uh, cexcomics.com, and, uh, you know, just go up in the search tool, toolbar there and check out uh, The Wire Fence. And you'll be able to see a couple of preview pages. I think I want to say it's six pages or something like that. But yeah, six or so pages out of this one shot and it it will have you hooked. You will absolutely uh, want to add this to your pool and make sure that you get a copy on uh, October 25th. Sorry, I'm trying to stick that date in my mind here so I don't say the wrong date. But yeah, October 25th. Yeah, you're definitely going to want to be picking this up. Uh, Get over there to the website and check that out. I want to know, I'm going to take it in a different direction for just a second. Was there anything at San Diego comic-con this year? Look, it was a stripped back, uh, San Diego comic-con. It wasn't uh, San Diego comic-con of course started out as a comic book convention and then evolved into this, uh, crazy, you know, media circus and entertainment thing. And it's all about, uh, TV and movies and actors and actresses and stuff like that. Uh, it got brought back down to basics a little bit this year. San Diego Comic-Con was affected by the writer's strike. So we got a lot of comic book news out of San Diego Comic-Con, which is, you know, uh, something very, very different from from the last few years. Was there any news that blew you away at all at Comic-Con? Any news or any uh, trailers or any announcements or anything like that that, that you
2: found uh, interesting or, or piqued your interest or anything? I mainly look at San Diego Comic-Con through the schedules and and whatever subjects they have plenty of stuff that definitely seems interesting including some including how many times you can see the Luchador, Luchador comics up, up uh-huh. here in that place oh yeah <laughs> yeah uh, you got to be able to count um <laughs> you know how many
0: times you're you're able to see that but yeah i think that there was some really cool news this year and and again i i like that it was stripped back down to comic books we see that you know we're getting superior Spider-Man coming back. We've got a new Punisher. We've got Rob Liefeld uh, reintroducing an X-Men team, and and all of that. Jake, are you a Marvel comics reader at all? Are are you uh, interested in X-Men? Is that in your wheelhouse?
2: I do. De- I like comics that are that have great stories too. them. I mean, mm-hmm. I I mean, I've, I mean, I've the last X. I mean, I read th- three or four X-Men omnibuses. What that show. Oh, just how much love there was was put into the, the mm-hmm. characters. run. Well, the the nineties with, with Age of Apocalypse, the Ron Morrison's run, and even the time with Stanley and Stanley and Kirby that mm-hmm. ha- that had some of this that was pre- that for their time, while not great, were putting ahead of, ahead of the curve, at least in terms of characteriz at least in terms of characterization. Like how Jean, despite her reputation. Asian was actually pretty egalitarian with the rest of the Mm X-Men before. And that was way before she got the Phoenix powers. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you're not wrong about that. Look,
0: here's a question that I, that I ask a lot of our guests that come on. And number one, I'm a huge X-Men fan. X-Men is, is, you know, one of my favorite comics and especially comic team uh, of all time. Uh, We got the 2023 Hellfire Gala, uh, one shot that, that came out this last week. Uh, very, very dense, very, very interesting, cool book. Uh, of course, Resurrected, Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel, and, and now she's a mutant and everything, which, hey, we'll, we'll leave opinions at the door for that. But, um, but it, at least she's back to life is all I can say. Um, but as always at the Hellfire Gala, they introduced the new X-Men team. And this year was a little different. I won't say any spoilers in case you haven't read it and in case any of the audience hasn't read the Hellfire Gala special yet. But I would just like to know if if you were working at Marvel, if you had to pitch your dream X-Men team, who would you include on the team?
2: Hard just say there's a there's sure there's plenty of the, plenty of X-Men that I'd like to include, but mm-hmm. but honestly, you're gonna you know you gotta see that you're gonna put in a lot of thought in that about it i mean you have to include a few a-listers like like wolverine or cyclops or gene but (laughs) but then you have to have the but then you have to have a few niche niche fans or and maybe even a couple maybe even a couple obscure ones just to try and round round them out yeah definitely
0: i i agree with you there i think every time i think about that question i'm always like man i i gotta take some of uh Peter Milligan and Mike Allred's team from like Ecstatic or X Force, and throw like dupe on there or something. Just have like a crazy team up. I remember that uh, mini series that uh, Max Bemis did a little while ago, Worst X Men Ever, where the the mutant's power was to explode like a bomb, but it was just the one time, and, and then they would die. So uh, yeah, there's some really really cool X characters out there to play with. Definitely a cool toy box of, of X-Men mutants that uh, that you could do a lot with. Let's get back to uh, the wire fence. I, I definitely want to hear, you know, you talked a little bit about where the idea came from and then working with Comic Experience um, and getting that published and put out. And and like like we know, or, or like I think I've said here before, it's a one shot. Uh, so, so this is just a, a single issue that's coming out what's your future like at, at comics experience or just uh, publishing in the in the future whether that be self-publishing another indie publisher or, or trying to get on with some of the big two or anything do you have any aspirations for that uh, what's what's your future like in comics
2: I'm definitely going to keep making making comics but well, although I might have to settle with just eight pe- eight page stuff that, that I can put in the anthologies because Frankly, it cost me about $4,000 to make The Wire Fence and mm-hmm. keep the rights to it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and, and we see that a, a lot more, uh, you know, uh, something, I don't know, a lot of times when people think of of comics and publishing comics and stuff like that, you know, they're thinking that uh, these people are, you have Dan Slott, you have, I don't know, uh, Donnie Cates, you have these people who are working for, uh, Marvel, DC, whatever, and they're they're using established characters. They might be creating some in those stories or whatever, but but a lot of times they don't have to put up any of the front. They don't have to put up any money to get these things out. It's already it's already funded through the publisher. And working with ind- independent publishers, a lot of times is a little different. You have to float some of the bill. You have to use your resources to to get teamed up with with your the rest of your creative team and stuff like that. So a lot of times. You're putting your own money into these things. And then, like you said, to obtain the rights to that, it's very important a lot of times to creators that that those rights just don't get sold off to the publisher or, or whoever, um, you know, say this book comes out and it catches the attention of someone else and they want to do something really big with it. Well, uh, of course, you want to retain those rights in case something like that happens. Uh and I think you have a really compelling story here, at least from what I've read so far. Again, I'm, I'm judging that off the preview, but if the preview is anything like the rest of the book, I think it's definitely going to blow people away. It's a very, very cool and a very, uh, just a wonderful story. You get so much time with these characters in just a few st- short pages, even though you have the, uh, the stranger who's kind of unnamed. We have Devin, who's not named yet. We have the sheriff. Uh, it, it you still feel like you've spent some time in this world, and it's very lived in. So, I think you've done a great job at bringing that to life, you and your creative team. So, yeah, definitely props to you for that. Um, is there anything in the pipeline that you're working on that you can tell us about, or is it all under wraps right now?
2: Well, one thing I definitely want to put, put through with comics, what's the comics experience for to make into the eight pages, is it's something about. The, it's only about the collective unconsciousness my, trying to get at the ideas out of it and and selling them to a different people through through crypto because that's the only way a, a, an idea can sell other ideas mm-hmm. yeah very
0: cool i think that that's something you could definitely uh sink your teeth into i i can't imagine um it has to be a a challenge to tell something in an eight page story versus like a whole one shot or something like this or an ongoing series or even a mini or something. Uh, I, I have to imagine you have like this larger story and then maybe you have to take it and scale it back a little. Is that, is that how you do something in eight pages or, or do you go in with the
2: mindset of this is going to be eight pages and I'm going to tell my story in these eight pages. Best guess. Kind of start with an idea, then, then, ex- then try to explore as much as you can and, and with so little. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think that that would be a, a very interesting way to tell a story. Uh, and, and look, there's lots of, uh, of course, different ways to tell stories. There's lots of different writing prompts out there. Uh, you might want to tell a story in a few sentences and have like a lot of uh, art to drive the story, uh, maybe less dialogue, maybe less, na- less narrative. Or maybe it's jam-packed full of narrative and dialogue in those eight pages and it's super dense and and you really tell a lot of the story. But very cool ideas either way. I think, look, I want to go ahead and say one more time, uh, you know, right here uh, towards the end of our interview, if you guys have not called your your local comic book shop, emailed them, uh, messaged them on Instagram, whatever you do to get a hold of your local comic book shop and make sure that you catch the wire fence before FOC uh this book does release October 25th of this year 2023 so you are absolutely 100% going to want to get that on your pull list make sure that you've got a copy waiting for you make sure you have 10 copies waiting for you i don't know i look like jake said he's retained the rights for this so the there's no limit to what could happen with uh, with this book uh, maybe maybe it'll i i have no clue but Maybe it'll become an ongoing. Maybe you have more of a story to tell later on down the road, but it's definitely something you're, want to get, you're going to want to get in on the ground floor of, a very, very cool book. And, Jake, uh, please tell people where they
2: can find you online. They can find me on my website called Gunnernaut.net. I'd i say I, I have a lot of things to say about comics on there, their adaptations, comparing some similar subjects, even so how some of the creators go, Go about reflect some of their their lives or even personalities in their work, and as you can find me on a lot of things in social media, the usual socials like Facebook, with the with gun with the or Not Pay, with the Asim tr- Productions page, the Twitter or at, or is it X now? Because I <laughs> yeah, exactly. keep track of it. <laughs> By the
0: time this airs, Twitter might be completely gone and X.
2: <laughs> yeah. I also have an Instagram, but, and a Threads, even a few, and a few others that honestly not worth, worth speaking out about, but, but I do have a Substack, so there's that, so, with a few things I put behind a paywall, but, but, and if you, and if you're one of the first 100, you can even just get all that stuff for just a dollar. Oh, wow, so, yeah.
0: Definitely, definitely everybody going to want to check out that Substack. Of course, uh, like he said, if you're one of the first hundred, you can enjoy all of that for just a dollar. So that's something you're absolutely going to want to get in on. Um, I know I'm about to go subscribe right now. So (laughs) very, very cool. Um, Yeah, Jake, look, it's been wonderful having you on. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us today. I know the all new, all different nation really appreciates having you on. And again, while I have you here uh, one more time, I'm going to let everybody know, don't let that FOC expire before you call your local comic shop and get a copy of The Wire Fence requested for your pool list. Tell your local comic book shop owner that they need, I don't know, 10 or 20 for the shelf as well, but you need one in your pool box. Uh, make sure everybody goes and checks that out right now. And like I said, go to the Comics Experience uh publishing website at uh comics experience com- sorry i i completely uh lost the name cex comics my bad.com. and make sure you go there and check out that preview of jake's comic the wire fence very very outstanding stuff jake again i can't thank you enough for your time it's been awesome having you on and we appreciate it and i hope to talk again soon
2: thanks i'll update See it sooner than later Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Thanks,
0: man. Hello, everyone. We are back, and we have a very special creator on the line. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Mr. John Clark. John Clark, of course, of Pop-Up, a really, really amazing book that Bob and I both love a lot, and we had another creator on for... uh, john's done uh play things, uh black friday something juicy just all over the place uh john's done a lot of cool stuff so welcome to the all new all different number one comics podcast john thank you so much for joining us
3: absolutely thank you thank you for having me i appreciate it yeah man thank you uh
0: i know look I- i'm gonna try not to like you know hijack this thing because Bob's got a lot of questions for you too so i'm going to let him chime in but uh, let me just say first off for you know uh, pop up uh, coming from a you know smaller indie publisher and everything uh, pop up is blood moon right um yes it is yeah, yeah. so yeah pop up yeah, on blood, blood
1: moon. moon
0: yeah if you're not reading pop up if you're unable to you know find pop up at your local comic book shop or or whatever the case is like trust me when i tell you you want to seek this out you want to find a copy of this book it's an awesome by, book yeah by whatever legal means that's going to make sure that john gets paid and and check it out because <laughs> me and bob are just absolutely in love with the book it's so so good it's so creepy it's so i mean there's not uh, we we've talked at length you know uh, about the book as we had the artist on before but um but yeah we're going to continue to talk about it here but just such a good book that i strongly suggest that everybody check out so i wanted to to throw that up top but yeah john how are you welcome to the podcast uh, you know i don't know how's the weather on your side of the world what's going on <laughs>
4: good to meet you
3: <laughs> thank you <laughs> it's hot no, here yeah, yeah it's, it's not as hot as uh, everywhere else, kind of right uh, now. It's actually good. We, we, I think we we kind of I, I live in Maryland, so I feel like we we've, we've kind of it just goes around us, It, like goes yeah. south and north of us, and that's <laughs> knock on wood, like so far, you, yes. you know. Who and
4: knows? then and many. then we get everything.
3: Yeah, well, yeah. you well, don't We're get... me
0: and Bob are in Florida, so you know it's, it's <laughs> yeah. Amongst other problems that exist in Florida, it's hot. So, uh, so there's that. At least. But <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll I'll keep it at that. But uh, John, can I also say that? Uh, even though it's not your fault, I appreciate so much that your name is John Clark, because as I told you guys off air, I can't pronounce <laughs> anyone's name. Um, I'm so happy to not have to check my notes or pronunciations or anything and just say, hey, John Clark, I love it. Uh, yeah, tell me there's not an you... accent on the end or anything. Yeah, so. I was
3: going to say, I, I always tell people that if actually there's a Q before
4: John, but the Q, the Q is silent. So, oh, man. You, know. you you lucked out on this interview. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, they got, I mean, I can, I can butcher, you know, uh, any name. Um, so John Clark is not one of them. Thank God for that. But yeah. Well, I mean, uh,
4: you didn't, you, you didn't know tutelage was a word. Uh, That's very true.
0: Yeah. Earlier in our episode today, um, Bob, Bob turned me on to that word. So, uh, so yeah, (laughs) man, uh, what can I say? Um, look, John, I want to ask about your, your process a little bit and I want to get into all that, but I definitely want to know, you know, a couple of generic questions up front. And I'm going to start with pop up because it's it's my favorite of your projects so far. But thank you. Thank you. Yeah. No, no. Thank you for for producing it. But um, Where'd the idea come from? Um, it's it's a pretty unique story. Uh, and, and if you can maybe throw your elevator pitch, if, if you remember it out there uh, for, for the listening audience. But um, yeah, or, or Bob and I can throw a synopsis or whatever. But yeah, where'd it come from and, and all that?
3: So okay, so kind of the pitch is that uh, it's the evening before opening her first uh, pop-up museum of cursed objects, mm-hmm. uh, and and there's kind of like this self-absorbed artist receives this this haunted piece, the final piece she needs, and it's a pair of these wax figures, uh, and, and as they arrive, kind of all the exhibits start to awaken and kind of terrorize her and her family, and she kind of has to to like escape her own museum um, or else she and her family are going to become permanently part of the collection (laughs) and not, not a good way. Yeah. Uh, very, very
0: cool, and I know I say this on the cast like way too much. Bob is going to roll his eyes the second I say it, but man, it gives me like really cool like Twilight Zone vibes. I just I love Ooh. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah you, you see the sigh and the eye roll. Bob, Bob started hearing me say Twilight Zone, but but it is one of the greatest. You uh, reference
4: you know, it every episode, pretty much.
3: <laughs> I try, well, probably like an I, Easter egg, but <laughs> I have to imagine that Twilight Zone pretty much covered the spectrum of you know, science fiction, fantasy, horror. Yeah, it did. did. Heartwarming. So, you know, you could probably, you know, that might be a fun reoccurring joke for you because, (laughs) you know, no matter what it is, it's like, oh, it's a love story. Twilight Zone. Oh,
4: Twilight Zone. He gave me a good idea.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> yeah, but I, I love it. It's such a, I mean, you know, regardless of that, it's such a cool, unique story. It's not something that's out there, uh, like, you know, oversaturating the comic book market or anything, just a, a really cool vibe to it. And of course, uh, you know, hooking up with with Matt, who I'm not even going to attempt to say his name correctly, but uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll just call him Matt, um, you know, for the artwork just really compliments your, your tone on the writing there and everything. Yeah. How about yeah, that great. team? yeah, how did that team come about? Did you seek Matt out? Did, did he seek you out? Were you guys paired up by the publisher? How'd that happen? You
3: no, know, I so I sought him out. i um I was looking for uh, an artist for another project, and he had sent me his stuff, and I was like, I liked it. but I went I ultimately went with somebody else for the other project, but I never forgot his stuff. And then when pop-up came around, I was like, you know, I'm going to reach out to this guy and see if it's something he might be interested in. And thankfully he was. And like, it's funny, like if you ever go to my Instagram, I feel like every other post is me saying, I love his work. I love like you know, everything (laughs) he's doing. I'm like, like, I feel like I say it probably way too much, but I'm always like, this is so good. Like, why is, why isn't everybody looking at this and reading this because he's so good. And I'm like, I'm, I'm like, I'm very excited by, by the book. And I'm, I'm very thankful for what you said. It's one of those books I feel it's it's funny because, you know, like when you were asking about my ideas and everything, like, you know, I, the, I, I'm from L.A. Like I, I lived in L.A. for a number of years. And, you know, we went to the, you know, the pop up, you know, little things that they had. And just one day I thought, man, wouldn't it be cool if there was a pop up, you know, horror exhibit, you know, and then what if things went wrong? And I just kind of expanded upon it from there. So that was kind of the 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 genesis of it.
0: Yeah, and again, like just such a cool original, like kind of fresh idea that's that's not something that's really out there. And and like I was saying before, the the way that you were able to find somebody to really complement your tone, like, really says a lot. Uh, Bob and I always you know on the podcast separately review the story from art in a book and then we tie it in together like how they complement one another and everything and yeah you know it's it's not a lot it's it's definitely not you know 100 percent of the time that that those pairings you know really make sense or you know maybe to a certain extent but but not always in in the way that they do here but it's just it's such a wonderful pairing you two together on this book just such a, a wonderful tone and and i really appreciate that
4: yeah, yeah, he perfectly, just, he perfectly uh, complements your writing style. Mm-hmm. Thank yeah. you.
3: Yeah, I, I liked him. So I'm I like, I want to work with him again. And I had this other idea. And so like, <laughs> you know, now he's like starting to work with other people, or I, I yep. don't know if he was in the past, but much more now. <laughs> so I'm like, I was telling him, like, look, you know, I really want you to do this project. And then I could I kind of feel his hesitation and he's kind of like, so what What else do you have? You know, he didn't really say like, I don't want to do it, but he's kind of like, well, what else do you have? Yep. And, and then like, I kept saying, no, I really want you to do this one. So I finally convinced him and we're working on the pitch right now. And it's another, uh, this one is a, is a one issue, one shot, uh, but it's a horror and it's, I think he's, he's done like the first six pages and I I think he's nailing it like, you know, it's great stuff.
0: Awesome, I'm yeah,
3: sold. I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> All you have to do
0: is say the two names, and, and me and Bob are sold. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> well, won't, <laughs> won't, won't take much. But uh, yeah, a, a really, really wonderful creative team. How about Blood Moon? How is it working with them? I know a lot of indie publishers, you know, operate differently. Did you? Uh, are, are you able to? I don't know. Just have the freedom to kind of do what you want, or do? Yeah, yeah. for the Did most guys part. Pursue, yeah. 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 Were you guys able to like present the entire, I don't know, completed book to them or, or did they pick it up based off of a pitch or?
3: Well, so I think, I think I got a little lucky because um, a good friend of mine that I went to middle school and high school with, um, Uh, has worked with them and uh, his name's Tony Hammock I call him Tony everybody else calls him Anthony because we're old friends but um, he he knows Keith and when you know I was I said to Tony because I usually send him my stuff and he's like oh you know maybe you you should think about sending this to Blood Moon and I know the guy and blah 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 and I'm like cool you know so we send it over and and they seem to really embrace it so yeah it's been good they they they're real you know it, it, you know, he, he seems to like everything I said I'm like, well, what do you think about this? And he's like, you know, uses expletives to say I bleep and bleep and love it and I'm like, okay, that's, that's good. So, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean, hey, if nothing else, enthusiasm is, yeah, I, I love it too. So <laughs> nothing better than enthusiasm.
4: So they don't so they don't like interfere like some of the bigger publishers might.
3: No. They let
4: you do uh-huh. what you want to do.
3: No, and, and it's funny because I also work with Scout. You know, Scout's done um, a, a whole a bunch of my books, like Black mm-hmm. Friday, starting yep. with Black Friday. And same thing with them. And it's funny, like, I, yeah, I have a, a – I don't know if I've been lucky, but part – you know, I, I, I always feel like I'm not that great, like, at certain things. And, like, whatever, you know, like, I like, like working with editors. I, I really like working with editors. So mm-hmm. whenever they say, hey, you know, maybe you kind of want to say this or maybe what you really mean is this or – maybe, you know, you should, and I'm always like, oh, that's wonderful. Like, you know, I usually, every time anybody gives me notes, I'm like, that's wonderful. I'm going to take it. (laughs) That's, you know, like, because whatever makes the book better, Mm -hmm. makes the book better, you know, and I I don't have my ego, especially when it comes to that kind of a thing, you know, and usually they're right anyway. So. Yeah. uh, That's, that's really
0: cool, you know, to be able to find that publisher again, like we talked to a lot of creators and, You know, while I'm not hearing anything negative, you know, about any publisher, I don't think anybody's, you know, really going to diss the publisher that they're putting out books for, but, but I have heard, you know, we do try to kind of sneak around, you know, there are different questions in there, you know, are there any publishers you wouldn't work with? Is there anything you don't want to, you know, we try to kind of like inject things into the conversation, of course, sometimes, and, and a lot of times. You know, the number one thing that we hear and and this is probably a a little cheat for, you know, later on in the conversation that we have here, you'll, you'll know what I'm talking about. But a lot of times, you know, those people are saying, hey, I would rather tell my story that I want to tell through like an indie publisher then then hop on and have to you know go through established characters that I didn't create and and so forth so um so yeah we just hear a lot of really really good stuff about most of these indie publishers haven't really heard
3: anything yeah. bad about any of them so I, yeah I think yeah, because I, imagine. I think it's to their benefit right to want to have unique interesting stories like you know like and again I haven't been lucky enough to work with you know like the big 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 ones but You know, I think it'd be the same thing. Like, I would love, I always feel like, you know, you are kind of going in there and know, you know, if you go in there and know that you're a writer for hire and you're going to be writing for Superman, for instance, you know, like, you know, you got to do Superman and, you know, there's like some certain things that you got to do. I, I you know it's kind of fun like I always look at I look at it in the sense of like the filmmakers back in the day when they had to get around the R ratings and they kind of had to like you know be a little more clever about how we're going to talk <laughs> about certain things and yeah. I feel like that makes you a better writer and it makes the work stronger because you know maybe not everybody gets it but the people that do are like oh dude like that was that was smart you know like yep. I get what he's going for and he just got through with you know Superman saying whatever you know
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some, some really good points there. Uh, I, I think, yeah, it takes, I don't know, a whole different level of creativity to be able to do something like that. It's like, uh, something, you know, Bob or I probably can't even comprehend, but, um, but yeah, you as a writer, I'm, I'm sure you pick up on, on really cool things like that. Uh, you know, speaking of writing, like I said, I want to get into your scripting process. You're, uh, sure. and, and, uh, again, for the listening audience, we're talking, you know, I've mentioned Pop Up multiple times. I'll, I'll I'll try to not fanboy out on Pop Up <laughs> too much, but uh, Playthings is is a, a series that you've got coming out. I think what are we up to? Issue four or five? Um, no, it's it's
3: all out. Five. Okay, five. five, five yes. okay, all out. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Okay, so yeah, five issues. Uh, Playthings. Uh, Black Friday. You know, phenomenal series. If that's Scout Comics, if you guys haven't checked out Black Friday, it's basically. Uh, I'm not complex enough to explain what what it is. <laughs> I'm, I'm too simple for that. But it's basically like you're you're telling a story of corporate greed and how that manifests into like a being or a thing or, or something. And it's just, man, oh, I, I I can't say enough good stuff about that series. That that one really blows me away. I hope that. I don't know. That's, that's on everybody's top 10 list. That's such a cool book. Um, and then I just, yeah, no, thank you. And I just recently discovered something juicy. It's just a a one shot, I believe. Um, but yeah, uh, really, really cool. Like, you know, horror story. Uh, so, you know, none of this is, is anything new to you. You're, you're out there writing, you're putting your stuff out and everything. And I, I'd love to hear your scripting process. I'd love to hear, you know, how that is for you and your origins in that. Did you begin writing comics? Did you start
3: somewhere else? Uh, Sure. And, yeah, please. Okay, so I actually, well, as I mentioned before, I, I lived in L.A. for a number of years. I've, I always wanted to be a filmmaker, so I've gone to school for film, and I kind of became a self-taught writer because, you know, I realized pretty quickly that, you know, you need to have things that you want to film, and so a lot of times, you know, a lot of my ideas are, it's funny because I write scripts, I write comics, And I've just started to write uh, novels. I'm writing a novel right now. And they're all so completely different. And and it's kind of weird because, you know, it's kind of like in the beginning, you say to yourself, well, which one is this going to be? You know, and you kind of try the visuals and all that. And like Pop-Up was originally a screenplay that I wrote. And I I did get, I got frustrated in the sense of, you know, when people aren't taking chances on your writing or for this whatever reason. And it's like, you know, I want it, 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 it. The urge to get the story out into the world became so strong for me that it was like, I need to go into comics. And that isn't to say that I don't love comics and I grew up loving comics. It's, it's when, I, when I was kind of in high school. I wanted to either do special effects in movies or I wanted to do comics. Mm -hmm. And then I went to college and I said, oh, I could put the two together and I could make films, you know, and it was kind of like it all kind of made sense. So I've kind of been go I go back and forth and back and forth on those that kind of like, you know, those two areas. But I just like I have a background in art. I went to art school. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, it's one of those things where I love to tell stories and I love to tell them visually. And mm-hmm. I feel like film and comics, they're, they're almost two sides of the same coin, but it's, it's visual storytelling. And the other thing that I do love is horror. It's like I can't, I'm wearing a... You know, you probably see (laughs) it's something that I love. It's something I've always loved. And, you know, if I'm going to make comics, I'm going to make horror comics, probably, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's and it's that's kind of, you know, the the start of it. So uh, the books, you know, Black Friday, kind of the idea came to me when I read this article that said that, you know, Walmart employees wanted to install police officers in their malls in their, in their stores, because they had so much, you know, bad things going on. And I just said, wow, you know, like, <laughs> that's a lot of negative energy, you know, yep. like, you know, you just think about that, like, you, you know, if you're spiritual or whatever or into horror stuff and you're like, what happens with all that negative energy, just building and building. And then I thought like, Oh, you know, what's the, what's the holiday, uh-huh. you know, that celebrates Christmas you know, when all... Well, not as much anymore, but back in the day when all these horrible things would happen, I was like, Black Friday, you know, and there's yep. the title and everything was there and I just had, you know, I had the idea. and That's that's how it came. That's how that one came. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, and uh, again, like such a, you know, unique
0: concept, especially in, in comic book, you know, form. Uh, I, a lot of times and I'm going to skirt the line here. I'm going to, I'm going to try not to say anything like insulting to any other writers or anything like that. I, I really do, you know, uh, appreciate everybody for their craft and everybody's out there working hard and hustling. And I know that, uh, so, so this isn't a dig on anybody else, but a lot of times, especially with, with a lot of indie stuff, it's a good mix. It's a good half and half. You have half of your stuff that's this very unique storytelling, and then another the half that just seems like very regurgitated and kind of the same story over and over again. Um, and and that's not where you're aiming at all. That's not you yeah. know a- almost everything that you're putting out. Or sorry, everything you know that that's out there with your name on it. It's just this very unique story. This very it, it has a tone, and and it's a John Clark story, absolutely. Yeah. But it's not. Uh, like I said, regurgitated in any way whatsoever. It's something... Well, you could say something juicy
3: has some regurgitation. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> in a sense. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sorry, I had to do that. No, no, please. I, I love it. Uh, you know, something like Playthings, for instance. Uh, when when Playthings was first FOC'd, I... I wasn't too sure, you know, other than the cover art, uh, what, what this was really going to be, what was it about, uh, what was kind of going on with it and everything. And then we kind of take these toys that come to life, uh, and, and, and kind of take our, you know, main character down, capture her and everything, uh, just something that you're not seeing out there in comics. And then, and then the horror side of it, you know, just, uh, something really, really unique and cool. So, so you're really kind of aiming for the fences and, and, I don't know. I can just really appreciate that. Some really, really cool stuff that you're putting out there. Thank you. Yeah, no, thank you. I, I definitely want to ask. You know, the eternal question. I don't know what you can answer. How much is under wraps? Whatever. But do you have anything else in the pipeline that you can talk about right now?
3: So yeah, well, I actually have a book uh, uh, coming out in um, October. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you the date, <laughs> October 11th. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And it's called Bite Sized. Okay. And it's three short horror stories.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And I just there <laughs> if you like, you know, so I actually wrote it and I did the art in this one. So like oh, wow. it's kind okay. of more in this in the sense of something juicy, like, you know, and and that one I'm very proud of something juicy. Like it's one yeah. of those stories, <laughs> like I, I feel like it is for me, it's – it's uh, if you've ever read it, and I can't pronounce the name right, but it's like the Edgar Allan Poe story, the cask of um, – Am- Cask Am- of
4: Amontillado. Be-
3: yes. I was very influenced by that story, mm-hmm. as I'm sure a lot of oh, people cool. are. And I've always felt like that – you know, that one, that's like the first comic. It's funny because I've written a bunch of comics, but that one I felt like it, it – does the things I want it to do it says the things that I want it to say not that Black Friday and Playthings don't but in mm-hmm. a in a way for me that was like I was very proud of that book and that book has a it's disturbing <laughs> it's really <laughs> disturbing and it's funny because when I put it through the publishers you know everybody like the editors are like oh no it's good it's good it's good and I'm like you know it's it's funny because that, <laughs> that isn't that isn't the kind of book you know it's like I that's the kind of book you get a reaction from, yep. you know. And I was going. Not for just as good. <laughs> and and they're just like, yeah, it's good, and and you know, we're happy, we're happy with it. Yeah, you know, we're gonna put it out, and I'm like, uh, okay, you know, okay. <laughs> and and then it was great because it it comes out, and I kept telling everybody, you know. And when it came out, I started getting these people posting to my Instagram saying like this you know, is going to mess your mind up. Like, I can't believe it. Like, and I'm like, okay, you know, finally, like I'm, I'm getting that, you know, I'm getting the thing that I want. So anyway, sorry, long story, bringing back to bite sized is, is of that vein. And it's also, you know, like very, very twisted, creepy little stories. Uh, There's three um, that like, I think are really, you know, solid, solid stuff. So, I don't know, I feel like I'm hitting my stride. Like, you know, again, not to not that there's anything really wrong with Black Friday or, or you know, or those, but it's like yeah. I feel like I'm, I know what I'm trying to do and I'm starting to get it done, you know, so. Yeah.
4: No, and. Yeah, bites, Bite Size, I'll definitely have to check out. Oh, She's yeah, absolutely.
0: Good. Now, is Bite Size, you say book, do you mean, uh, is it like a graphic novel? Is it a comic? Is it a novel? Like, what?
3: No, it's I think so it's three stories and I want to say it's like 60ish pages something like that. So it's it's a little longer and it's nice that the publisher let me, you know,
4: so to giant size exactly. comic.
3: Yes, exactly. Exactly. Very cool. Yeah.
0: Now, so usually FOC is about uh, a month out, I believe. Um, so you say that's releasing October 11th, so maybe we've yes. got till like early September to get Make sure that you guys request that you know from your local yeah. comic book shops. Make sure yes. that's coming in, and, and and you're reserving a copy for your pull list. So
3: yes, please, please do. Yes, no, Bob,
0: <laughs> if, if nothing else, Bob and I are huge proponents of uh, making sure our listening audience uh, understands FOC understands. Their, you know, that relationship with their local comic book shop, and understands that, you know, how important it is to you guys as creators, that that's the way that the books are obtained, and 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 yeah. to make sure you ask for it. You know, uh, a, a lot of times you walk into a comic book shop, you pick something up on a whim, you pick something up because the cover looks cool or the title sounds great or you know the creator or something like that. Well, right now you're listening to this podcast, you're listening to John Clark talk. Uh, you know that he's putting out quality stuff. So, I mean, if I guess if you want to wait to see some images revealed or whatever, if that's your thing, but we already know this is uh, going to be a home run. So, you know, get that on uh, before FOC, make sure that your local shops got that in stock for you and make sure you tell them to order a couple of extra copies for their uh, new release wall and everything as well. So some of your friends can enjoy it too. So yeah, uh, very thank cool. And that's, that. that's bite size. Yeah, of course. No, thank you. Uh, can I ask, um, Who the publisher is or self-published? Yeah, that is uh, Scout.
3: That's going to be Scout again.
0: Okay, Scout. Good, good. So, yeah, it should be pretty easily accessible for everybody to get. Scout a... Uh, really wonderful publisher uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, putting out some really, really quality stuff. I mean, there's some amazing stuff and some really top-notch creators out there at Scout. So, so yes, once again, I, I have to reiterate, sorry if this part's boring for you guys, but yes, make sure it, it is very, very important that you guys run. Don't walk to your local comic book shop and let them know that you want bite-sized on your pull list let them know before that foc date so they can get it into shops uh and you can get a copy because you don't want to miss out i i have told the story on the podcast before of course you don't know this john but um you know pop up originally i i got the only copy that came to our local comic book shop and bob and i shop in uh-huh. the uh, same store so so i picked that up and i i said bob holy shit you have to read this and and bob read it and he was like how do I get issue too? What's you know, and, and we yeah. both put it on our pools, you know, and, and we,
4: and then I was it. the only one to get issue too.
0: Yeah. Somehow you I know? didn't get
4: my copy yeah. of issue too,
0: but yeah. Um, uh-huh. but I, I, I got it later, but, uh, but yeah, um, you know, it's, that, it's very that's, important.
3: That's the thing, you know, like and I, I, I'd be interested to hear what you guys have to say too is, you know, mm-hmm. like I, I find, you know, there's nothing wrong with Scout or Blood Moon, you know, they're both doing their thing. It's just hard for indie books to get any kind of, you know,
4: publicity
3: and notice. Uh And it's kind of like, you know, my dream, I hope that, you know, the more comics I do through like, you know, through it's just hopefully bound to happen where, you know, somebody will go, Oh man, this book is great. And then people will go, what else has the guy done? And then they'll kind of look it up and go, Oh my gosh, you know, he's actually got a lot of books and, you know, all that stuff, but it's like I don't know how to get to that, you know, like mm-hmm. <laughs> where you know, you, you you like you know, people know like, oh bite size is coming out. That's the dude that did well, hope- you know,
4: like it's hopefully they know now.
3: Yes, yeah, yes, absolutely. Yeah.
0: And I think this is important. You know, this is this is uh, an aspect of of the game that you know a lot of people don't recognize or, or maybe forget or whatever. But it's the way that uh, being a comic book creator is, especially on the indie end, is like. Or, or let me let me let me step that back. Not even just on the indie world. You know, anybody who's a comic book creator, you have huge uh, creators over at Marvel and DC who, yeah. Who do the same thing? You know, they come on podcasts, they come on YouTube shows, they're promoting, they're going to conventions, um, and and that's great. Uh, it's always great to self publicize or however you say that word. But um, but uh, it, it's 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 hard. It's it's almost yeah. like a gig industry. You know, you have yeah. to get your name out there, and it has to be in people's minds, and that's why. You know, it's important to the people listening to this podcast. Uh, you know, support these creators because uh, they're putting out the content. You know, they're they're your uh, John Clark is your 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 guy. You know, he's out there putting in the work, putting stuff out, so you have something to enjoy to read. So every you know time you go to the local comic book shop, there's a new cool indie book out there for you to pick up, and you're not just reading Batman and Batman and Batman mm-hmm. over and over again. You know, uh, mm-hmm. that, that that stuff is very important. So.
3: Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I, I will say so this is funny so I live in Maryland and the and the and the big comic book shop here is uh over in Annapolis and it's third uh, uh, third eye comics which uh-huh. is a boy oh, yeah. I'm familiar with them
1: yeah, yeah,
0: yeah
3: very cool huge, shop. huge <laughs> shop and it's it's funny because whenever I go in there I get this sense of being overwhelmed because they have a wall full of comics you know mm-hmm. and it's yep. all of them you know they don't have them you know it's like Marvel indie DC, right. you know, all you know together in alphabetical order. I always I feel that sense of awe. Like if I see one of my books up there, I'm like <laughs> you know, cause and it's like, you know, hey, people have choices, you know, they, yep. they got a lot of books and they're all wonderful books, you know, that they mm-hmm. can pick. And it's like I'm just grateful to be up on that wall, you know,
0: like yeah. Yeah, that has to be a great feeling, knowing that you're working in the medium, you want to work, you're you're publishing stuff. And then like you said, you're, you're right there next to the, you know, top selling comics that week or whatever that month. Uh, very, very cool. Uh, I, again, I have to reiter- reiterate one more time, you know, how important that is, how important it is to, to help prop up and, and build these creators because, uh, you know, no one wants to see the same thing over and over again. I love, um, you know, James tiny in the fourth. I love, Johnny Cates, uh, you know, all, all those people are great. They're putting out some really great stuff and their name is all over the place in comics, but you know, we need the next James Tiny and we need the next uh, Johnny Cates. Mm-hmm. We need, uh, you know... Uh, this is a continuing thing. We don't want to hear the same stories from the same creators over and over again. So, so what's important is that we support, you know, our independent creators. So, so they get to that level. Um, so, so that's how you do that. That's how, you know, I, I know, you know, at least for Bob and I we're out there every day, you know, telling people about pop up, Hey, you should pick up this book. Like if you want to see some creepy, like, you know, off the wall shit that you haven't seen before, like, <laughs> pick up pop-up sorry pop-up it is so good um so so that's what it takes you know that's it's it's very important and and very important to me and bob that that this stuff exists and again I've, i've told this story more than once as well uh i'm i'm a big marvel guy i'm also really big into horror and i'm big into independent books um uh bob you know, is loves independent books now, but before, you know, he was, he was kind of on the big two and, and image never really read one before the
4: podcast.
0: Yeah. Up until we started doing Uh the podcast and, and now I, I mean, Bob's favorite books are indie books. He loves them. So there's just so much good stuff out, out there, you know, that if you're just looking at the justice league or, you know, amazing Spider-Man books, you're missing, you know, 99% of all this amazing stuff that's out there. So Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
3: yeah. And I, and I feel like it is a great time for comics, like despite yeah. all of, you know, whatever people may say, mm-hmm. there is really good work being done. And like nice, mm-hmm. you know, you know, even even in the big books, there's some yep. really great work being done. But like, oh, yeah. I, I feel like it's it's a great time that whatever you like, you know, it's out there. Yes. You know, I I feel pretty, pretty strong saying that, you know, like whatever you want. It's, it, there's a book out there for you that probably does the thing
4: yeah, that you want. It, it doesn't have to be just superhero mm-hmm, comic right. book. I mean, it can right. be, you know, horror book. It can be action book. So it doesn't have to be one thing. You can pick and choose what you like. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah,
0: exactly. Exactly. yeah, 100%. And there's, I, I think a good point to that is there's, so much stuff out there for everybody. That's so well written as well. Think about, uh, yes. you know, the, the last, uh, Jim and the holograms book. Amazing. Now, would I have thought to read a Jim and the holograms book before. No, but it's so <laughs> well written. So done so well. Um, I talked to Austin McKinley last night and he's doing a book called Riot Force and it's an action comedy book I'm not big into action comedy that kind of skirts like a weird line for me but when I tell you that that the previews he sent me are so amazing I can't wait to order like five copies of this first issue when it comes out like there's so much great stuff out there that's just yeah. so well done so well written and and a lot of times you know people can forget to when you're with an indie publisher when when you're doing these things like these are your baby like you, they're so well well crafted. Uh, yeah. Bob and I have critiqued, you know, Marvel and DC books, and, and I, I would never call anything out or any creator out or anything. But, you know, sometimes we're looking at backgrounds and they're so stiff and there's nothing there and there's nothing yep. to it. And then we open yeah. up an indie book, you know, that that 10 people have read or whatever. And we're like, wait a second. This is like, I want this on my wall. It's the most amazing looking thing I've ever seen. But yet in the panel of Batman today, they forgot to draw like a mouth on somebody, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy, uh, but it's, it's crazy how well-crafted, you know, some of these indie books are. As you, as you say that,
3: I think back to my books and I'm like, Oh my God, did I, did I forget
4: <laughs> to draw a mouth on somebody? <laughs> no, you're fine. You're fine.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, but just you know, I'll I'll jump off of my soapbox. But yeah, I, I think that it's it's so important that we're out there supporting independent comic book creators, and and you guys are the bread and butter of the industry, and and the the industry would be nowhere without you. So. Uh, so highly, highly respected, and and you are just doing some amazing work over there. And I know Bob wants to chime in too and say that uh, Pop Up is one of his, you know, <laughs> favorite books out right now. And oh, because it really is. Yeah, it, cool, it really cool. is. I mean, I. I, can't I mean, since express to you how much Bob brings up Pop Up.
4: <laughs> I mean, when we when we uh, got the first issue to review it, both Dan and I were kind of apprehensive about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh and especially since uh it was you who did the cover correct and then uh machau did the interiors
3: Uh yes
4: Uh and that kind of that kind of threw us off because it's like wait a minute the artist isn't doing the cover the writer's doing the cover but he does the interior stuff but (laughs) then we started reading it and it's like oh my god this is good
3: cool cool thank you yeah. A yeah. very,
0: you know, dense layered story. That's not, you know, just your basic no. value or anything. Um, I, I and y-
4: you go, you go that. all in. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah.
3: I, I'm I, I, like, so I, I, you know, it's funny cause I like the, like the first issue, I very, very, you know, good, strong opening. And it, you know, I like all the, the setup. The second one, you know, I felt like really good setup and kind of, I had to like, I really like the second issue for me was a hard one because it's like, I want to keep people, you know, and I want to keep it exciting and I want to kind of give you the hints and I want to give you the the setup and just bring, you know, like, and then, cause then like the hammer comes down in issue three, like that's when it all starts. To that's hit. when I'm everything like, happens yes and it's kind of like i gotta but i gotta get get everybody there you know before i can do that and i'm like please stay please stay <laughs> you know like you know, like i promise you it'll be worth the wait you know you're gonna oh, yeah. love it when it comes out
4: well you definitely succeeded in that thank yeah. you thank
0: you <laughs> yeah, yeah totally uh very very good stuff is there um you know uh a volume two or anything for for pop-up is that like kind of like you tell the whole story and in, in this volume or
3: yeah it's it is it's a self-contained um mm-hmm. within that it's the whole thing you know i yeah i uh yeah <laughs> no it's <laughs> one of those like because i'm thinking about these other books that i have ideas for and it's funny because yep. like I, I guess i think too much in the sense of movie you know you know solid like story mm-hmm. and i probably need to kind of open myself up to being more you know continuing storylines like i have i have ideas for those it's just honestly it's harder to do those for me because you know obviously the money to have to put into that versus, you know, three issues or four issue series. Mm-hmm. And to get that commitment from an artist, like, yay, I want to work with you for, you know, 10 issues of something, you know, yep. like, uh-huh. that's, that's hard too. So I don't know, like it's something that I'm definitely interested in, but it's like, for now it's weird. Cause the stories come to me and those like, you know, it's, it's this long, you know, like, I'm pretty yeah. good about saying this is going to be three issues. This is going to be four issues. Like, and like I'm around that four or five issue, and then I like the one shot stories too because I feel yeah. like I feel like the stories are, are good enough to be you know alone. And it's like I, I think people will be like, you know, I don't know. It'd be nice if there was more, maybe, but I feel like they're probably like, no, this is this is the way the story should be. I feel satisfied with you know my my healthcare, or whatever he says <laughs> in, the, in the movie, yep. but, Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: well, I mean, understood. I think that you know a lot of times uh, you could always continue a story. you could always uh, you know expand it, whatever. but I, I think you know a great writer is is defined by that ending. Um a lot of times, you know it's 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 not as simple as people think to have something wrap up. And, and, right. and tell a, a definite ending to a story. I, I struggle with that myself. Uh, and that's why I'm not a great writer. And that's why y'all aren't talking <laughs> to me about my comic book, but um, you know, I, I feel like I have a lot of great half-baked ideas, but uh, you know, coming to an end point is, is always a struggle for me. And, and yeah, it takes a special person to, to be able to do something and craft it well like that, like you have. So, so yeah, I, well, I can appreciate that.
4: <laughs> you know, not only that, but what if, If you keep going on a series, you run the risk of thinning yourself out too much, Mm -hmm. Uh whereas like four or five issues, you know, you can, you know, tell the entire story without thinning it out too much.
0: Yeah, right,
3: right. Yeah, which makes Mm -hmm.
0: perfect sense. Well look, John, I don't wanna hold you up too much longer. I know we got a little bit of a late start on on my end and my apologies, but I, I do wanna thank you so much for carving out some time to talk to us today. It was yeah, it's anytime. awesome. And and you gave me and Bob like a, a little bit of time to fanboy out, which Bob, I don't know about you, but I haven't been able to fanboy out this much since uh, Tyler Cruz. So I'm, I'm very excited exactly. Like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, this this is cool. It's 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 always great to talk to comic book creators, artists, uh, writers, all of those. Um, it's it's always surreal to be able to talk to you guys to know that you know Bob and I are just two nobodies who like to read comics, and people agree to come onto our show and talk to the, us
3: about them. That's that's always very hey, cool, hey you know, we we write the books for you. Yep. I'm writing the books for you, like uh, well, you know. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, uh, it,
0: it's always very surreal to me. But but I will say it's it's so much more surreal whenever you know there's a difference between somebody has a book coming out you know in a few months and we want to you know get some details and talk about it and whatever. Versus, you know, somebody like you or Tyler Crook, where I'm like, wait a second, I'm already reading your stuff. Like, I've been <laughs> reading, you know, Black Friday. I've been reading pop up. Uh, I've read play things like, uh, and now I get to talk to you about, you know, this stuff and then stuff that you have coming out. You know, much like Tyler Crook. So, so really, really cool f- uh, for you know you letting me and Bob fanboy out. I really appreciate it. But, yeah, um, yeah, and and thank you so much for your work. But you know, speaking of your work, I'm gonna I'm gonna say one more time to the audience. Pop up. I don't know what the hell you're doing. Quit, pause this podcast. Turn turn off the podcast. Go to your local comic book shop and find a copy of Pop Up. Um, do whatever you have to do to get a copy as long as John gets paid for it. I don't care. But uh, <laughs> make sure that he gets paid for it. And uh, uh, play things. Like I said, that's that's out there. You can you can find copies of that as well as Black Friday from Scout. And then you can pick up the something juicy one shot. Uh, but very, very important. I have to say this one more time because it has to be drilled in everybody's head. Get to your local comic book shop. Call, email, walk in, send a Harry Potter owl, whatever you have to do. <laughs> but make sure that you get bite-sized ordered for your, your pull list before FOC goes off. And and that book releases October 11th. The the cutoff date is usually about a month before. So look at about the first yeah. week of September. So you've got a couple of weeks to, to figure out a way to get there. If you have to get a taxi, if you have to start a Kickstarter, whatever, me and Bob will throw in. But make sure you get that uh, ordered at your local comic book shop, please, for the love of God. And John, tell everybody where we can find you
3: so uh my you can find me on instagram is the best place it's uh john clark comics i know it's brilliant and then um <laughs> brilliant to i'm also i'm gonna be at uh geeked Con, uh shreveport louisiana coming up i think it's like in two weeks something like that it's coming up really fast oh. uh so i'm really excited about that this is gonna be like one of the first shows i've been doing ah, i have like a super cool. a banner and everything so like <laughs> if anybody listening is there and they're gonna go please come in say hello and yeah.
0: Awesome. Well, I will definitely have links to your Instagram and and any other uh, stuff I I can get in the show notes. There, I will try my best to find a link to a FOC so so we can pre order a copy of Bite Size, but. John, again, thank you so very much for allowing me and Bob to fanboy out for forty-two minutes. I really appreciate it. Yes, uh, <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun. Of so, uh, thank you so much, and and we'll see you at the local comic book shop. <laughs>